0: Good evening. Our passage comes today uh, from two places, Isaiah 53 and also from Luke 7. Uh, They're not in your worship folder, but they, uh, I think, should be projected on the screen. Isaiah 53, starting in verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Then Luke 7, verse 47. Therefore I tell you, Jesus is speaking here, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. Uh, several years ago, when our girls were still little, we went to a homeschooling convention. Amber and I, and uh, when you go there, they sell a bunch of books, a bunch of curriculum, just different different things that you can buy and get. And at that time, one of my daughters was about five or six years old, and she was really getting into drawing, so she was drawing a lot, and so I find this little drawing book for her, you know, it's had princesses, how to draw a castle, I think this will be, this will be great, Uh, she's going to really love this. So I go, and we buy it, and we get home, and I take it to her, and I give it to her, and she, she looks at it, and then she looks up at me with tears in her eyes, and she says, Daddy, I thought you liked the way I draw. And uh, that wasn't quite the uh, response that I I wanted. Apparently, she figured that at five or six, because of the words of affirmation we'd given her, that she had reached the peak of her artistic ability, no need to grow anymore. And we felt like, well, if she loves drawing, uh, shouldn't she want to get really good at it? Shouldn't she want to get better at it and get better at it uh, but she was a little sensitive about her drawing. And I think that all of us, at times, can be equally sensitive about things. We each build ourselves our little personal tower of babbles uh, based off of our own self-worth, what we think gives us self-worth. So for her, it was her drawing and her parents being happy with the way that you drew. But maybe for you, it's your, your looks, or maybe it's your money, maybe it's your business success, maybe it's your family, whatever it is, we each have our own little towers of our own self-worth that remind us in times of of crisis or in times of doubt, we use that to reassure us that we're actually pretty good people after all. You know, we're not not so bad. And so that creates a, a weird tension when you're trying to talk about your sins and 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 how bad they are, because that shakes the foundation of our towers, of our own self-worth. You know, when we try to minimize our sins and convince ourselves of our own goodness, what we do is we inoculate ourselves against the love of God, against the ability to really love Jesus, because for Jesus says that for us to love much, we have to know that we were forgiven much. And we know. That we've been forgiven, at least academically, right? We know that we have some sin and that we need Jesus. Uh, that, that's why usually you're at church. You understand that. And, and maybe there's some pretty big sins in your past, and you say, okay, like I definitely know I needed Jesus for that, and I'm grateful for that. But we reassure ourselves that that was really out of character, right? That, that, that those were the exceptions. Really, my day to day life, my day to day me, I'm not. I'm a pretty good person. We have our little towers. We have our little a little pet sins. The little sins that we use, we do when you know, that we don't even not even embarrassed about. Sometimes we like them. You know, we call them pet sins or if you want to add a little cultural flares, you can call them peccaditos in Spanish. So the word for sin is pecado, and then you add a little ito at the end, and that's, a, that's like a little term of endearment. It means small, but it's also just this term of endearment of something you like. So you'd call your grandma your abuelita, because you love her, and she's smaller than you probably. And so, so, so this is what we do with our sins. We have little pecaditos, little things that they're not really that big of a deal. Right? We, we, we love them. We're not even embarrassed by them oftentimes. And you know you have a peccadito when you say, who does this really hurt anyways? What does it hurt? Who does it harm? Your spouse leaves and you go on the internet and you go to sites you shouldn't be going and you say, it doesn't hurt anyone. It isn't a big deal. But he was pierced for our transgressions. We have the opportunity to lie or cheat to get ahead. And we say, it's it's harmless. He was crushed for our iniquities. We hear some news and we want to just gossip a little bit. And we say, what's the big deal? It's a victimless sin. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. We have the little peccaditos that we love that that are maybe even just part of our personalities and we say, who's it going to hurt? And with his wounds we are healed. And, And here's the reality. There are no small sins. There are no peccaditos because all of our sins came with a death penalty. Jesus had to die for all of them. The it's, it's not harmless. Just because you don't experience the wrath of God for your sins doesn't mean that Jesus didn't because he did. And when we cherish and when we love our little peccaditos, we're loving the very things that sent Jesus to the cross. But we don't like to think too much about that. Because that shakes our towers of self-worth. And we, we feel the weight sometimes and guilt of our sins. I was talking to a buddy of mine, and he's going through a little personal uh, revival. And he said that a year ago, somebody asked him what, to describe his relationship with the Lord. And he said, he described it as crushing inability crushing inability uh, oftentimes when we hear these these realities of our sins that's the way that we feel this crushing inability and I, I understand that I, I was raised in a tradition that taught that you could uh, lose your salvation and so when I was a kid I was horribly afraid of that so when I was at upper elementary school uh, middle school every night every night before I went to bed I would I would pray for salvation again, because I was so afraid that I was going to die in my sleep. Why I was afraid of sleep rather than you know being awake, I don't know. That's the way it was. But but I was horribly afraid. So when you think about little Tonito, right, desperately afraid of dying because of his sins. Every Sunday they would they they would have the altar call, and I would go forward. And eventually the pastor said, Tony, you don't have to come up every week. I said, you don't know my sins. You know, there's a lot of, I like to travel, I want to go to a lot of places, but there's one place I don't want to visit. I'm not going to risk it, right? I lived under that crushing inability. But when we live like that, and when we feel like that, the problem isn't that we're underestimating or overestimating our sins. It's not like I had too big of a view of my sins and they weren't that bad. The reality was that I was underestimating the love of God for me. I I didn't have a big enough view of his his love and his grace. I, I understood all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. I knew that. I knew that deeply But I didn't understand a love like how this this passage ends. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I mean, just imagine. Imagine how much Jesus had to love you to leave the glories of heaven and to come and die for you when you were in your sins. I mean, that's an amazing Big deal, right? I mean, we we think about our sins and we can be overcome with them, but the good news is is that they're limited, right? I mean, I can do a lot of sins and affect a lot of people, but there's only so many people. There's a limit to how many people my sin can touch. And, And I might have a big pile of sins that I keep adding to, but one day I'm gonna die and my sins are limited and there's gonna be just so many sins that I can do. But even though my sin is limited, the love of God for us Is unlimited. There's no end to it. The psalmist says, as far as the east is from the west, that the love of God is as far as the heavens to the earth. It's amazing and it's big and it's glorious. And we we think about the harshness of our sins, but it's and it's big, it's a problem. But compared to Christ's love for you, that He would go to the cross for you is like a pebble throwing it in the ocean. It's it's nothing compared to his love. And so to to build our self-worth, to build our little little tower of our own goodness, is foolishness. Because it won't stand. But Christ gives us something better. That we can build that resting in his love for us marveling at the fact that as we, as we mark the death of Christ, we're marking his amazing love and salvation for us. And he invites us to repent and to turn to him, to leave our sins behind, and to be just engulfed in the grandeur and majesty of his love. We can rest in him. Your sins are great, and you've been saved for much, but his love is so much greater, so much more powerful, so much deeper than we can even imagine. So as we go and we sing um, these next couple songs, let's marvel at the amazing love that he has for you, that even in your sins, he came, left the glories of heaven, and died to take your place. Let's pray, Father. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you sent your son to die for us. We thank you that we we weren't worthy of it. We didn't uh, do enough to earn it. But you loved us, and your love is so great. It is so amazing that we don't have to fear our sins anymore because we can rest in your love. Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Today we mark the most amazing thing that happened: that Christ died for our sins. And it's a solemn day, but it should be one filled with amazement that you are so loved. I am so loved that he did this for me. Uh, We don't do a benediction on Good Friday, and instead I'll close in prayer, and then we ask that you would would leave uh, quietly, uh, and then you can talk and have a good time out there, but to contemplate the reality of Christ's love for you, uh, that you were forgiven much. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you sent your Son to pay the price that we wouldn't be able to pay ourselves. Oh, it's so amazing. Demands are all. Father, we ask that we would be truly amazed as we think about your love for us over this weekend. and Then as we get to come back and rejoice in your resurrection and your final victory over sin on Easter. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.